Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. You know, if we're not careful, people are going to think that we're fans of Don Coscarelli. <laughs> Watch out, guys. Yeah. You got a couple of Coscarelli heads on your hands here. <laughs> Big Cosk heads here. I'm oh, Eric. I'm Charlie. And yeah, boy, I really didn't realize how much I love Don Coscarelli <laughs> until well, his last few years. He's huh? one of those guys where he, he only makes a movie about every eight years. So you almost forget about him, or at least I do. And Same. Then, he makes a great movie. And you're like, man, this guy nailed it again. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, this guy is a total alternate universe Raimi. Yeah. Same exact kind of thing. And I didn't realize that I, I might like Coscarelli more at this point. Because the one we're talking about tonight, <laughs> Phantasm 2. Oh, man. Oh, man. What a movie. What a great flick. What a great series. The whole I, All five movies are great, fun yeah. to watch. And then, yeah, his other movies are like Bubba Hotep. And I love John Dies at the End. The Beastmaster. And we've talked about the Beastmaster before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that movie should not be that good. No. And he, he, he makes has that it magic. So good. He yeah. gets these really high end cuts on some cool trash. Yeah, he has I think that's exactly what it is. I was thinking that on the way over here, like Coscarelli gets into your head and your heart in a yeah. way that not every filmmaker does. <laughs> How kick ass is yeah. Beastmaster? <laughs> We've watched a lot of sword and sandal kind yeah. of stuff. That is a genre that I always think is cool, even if I'm not sure there's like one good movie <laughs> in the genre, right? Ugh, Conan. Uh, yeah. Then you Beast watch Master. Beastmaster. They're fighting up on pyramids. Like, yeah, uh-huh. this is cool. This shouldn't be this cool. How is Mark Singer this good with a sword? <laughs> you wouldn't think he would learn sword for the movie, but he did. And... Coscarelli just has that great combination of homemade with big ideas. Mm. You know, he did all four first four phantasms, written, directed. He didn't let it go to, you know, story by based on the characters of Don Coscarelli through four movies spanning 20 years. I love that every five year independent, you know, determination. And the output is just, like you said, it's spread out but so memorable and so quality for his you know his spot in the genre but phantasm too mm. let me tell you a series that i've really kind of fallen in fallen under its charms over the last 5 years especially phantasm yeah more and more people i meet have had this movie affected a lot of teens when it came out phantasm 1 the original sure. phantasm just connected with teenagers so much. I've heard that from so many guys, you know, that I work with 10 years older. They were excited when we were, <laughs> were doing yeah. Phantasm because they all saw that with their friends and it messed them up. It's hard to put ourselves <laughs> it messed in Messed me up when I saw it when I was you know, in my 30s. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking, oh my God, I've never seen anything this weird and bizarre and also just intriguing and who cares if it doesn't really make sense? And also, like, am I not? I'm not crying, right? I'm not crying at the end <laughs> a little bit here. It really grew on me and yeah. kind of, maybe more appropriately, uh, snuck up on me. 
the first one when the first time I saw it, you know, into my 20s, I think. I didn't, it wasn't being played regularly on cable yeah. when I was a kid. That was City Slickers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phantasm was not one I grew up knowing about. Like, you know, you as a kid, you knew about Freddy and Jason, even if, yeah. like, a little Catholic boy like me wasn't really allowed to watch them. <laughs> but uh, there weren't a lot of, like, tall man costumes at the Halloween store no. or anything. So I've never, I did not run across this until yeah. into my 20s. So I, it missed my generation. And so it grew on me. It, it snuck up behind me. At first, I didn't understand it. First time I saw it, I didn't even catch on that the tall man was an alien. Sure. I didn't know. Even though it's right there, they clearly show he's from another planet. It's, it's but pretty it's easy such not a to weird, know. No, I get that, yeah. Surreal vision of a movie, right? And the more I've seen it, the more I've kind of, like I said, fallen under its charms. I like how uh, confusing it is mm-hmm. and how much of a kind of sweaty mess it is. This story of uh, a kid coping with losing his family. He's lost. Mike's lost his parents. Now he's afraid he's going to lose the closest relation he has, his brother. Yeah. And it plays really well, sentimentally. The more I love this movie, the more that story hits me. But with all the other crazy stuff. Now, that first movie really has a feeling of family, a sense of what that means. Right down to... You know, Reggie's guitar jams. Just jamming on the front just, porch. Just a real sense of family, your, right? Your friend, the ice cream man, comes over in his little <laughs> truck with his guitar, and you just start jamming. Reggie. Okay. I mean, this movie introduced to Reggie. You talk about, you know, Raimi and Bruce Campbell, Reggie Bannister <laughs> is that presence for Don. And never more for him does he get to do it than in Phantasm 2. Phantasm 1, he's a fun presence. Yeah, yeah. Phantasm 2, he's like a... An action hero. Uh, yeah. Phantasm 2 is when Reggie comes into his own. Yeah. And, and so we don't get guitar jams in this one. No. We get Reggie assembling quadruple barrel shotguns <laughs> and bedding future penthouse pets, you yeah. know? Yeah. With the little Polly Walnuts wings going on on the side of his horseshoe. One of the great, so good. One of the great domes <laughs> in movie history, man. Reggie's got yeah. such alchemy liked it. <laughs> He's like one of the best sex scenes in any movie yeah. is just her just, just just and he's he's not into it. He's he's a little he's like right. uh... you pay a price when you're a <laughs> f- guy in your early forties uh, picking up Ben Kemi, you yeah. know. But this guy just has this great. He's like Mr. Burns. If he, <laughs> Mr. Burns had a brother that smoked weed. <laughs> He's got that cut. It's so bald. It's so great. Oh, that's perfect. And he works it so well, man. He's dressed up like Piper and They Live in this flick. Mm-hmm. Cargo pants and a tucked-in flannel. Quadruple barrel shotgun. The roundest bald head ever. What a guy. Great voiceover narration throughout. So good. <laughs> I love like everything about this movie. The cinematography is great. If that first movie was about family, this one feels like a community at large. It's a road movie. Mm. They're going on the road hunting the tall man. What a cool real-time nine-year way to jump back into the series. 79 to 88, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, it's That's a huge gap. Yeah, Mike is older and a different actor in this one. And yeah. So he's, yeah, he's 19-year-old Mike instead of, uh, you know, 12. 12. Yeah, this movie only got made because a big horror fan got named, you know, put in charge of Universal Production. Hmm. So that's when Universal started doing, you know, Chucky, 
Serpent in the Rainbow and all those movies. That's when Universal got back into horror. That's cool. And they lured Coscarelli back. He had a bigger budget for Phantasm 2 than any of the other ones. Oh, yeah, for sure. Phantasm was cheap. Phantasm was a tenth of the budget of Phantasm 2. Now, we're talking 3 million versus 300. <laughs> that's a big, <laughs> a thousand. big leap, though. But that's a huge leap. Yeah. And it shows, You man. can see it in it. Phantasm sure. 2 is just big. The effects are bigger. The cinematography is grander. Mm-hmm. When we go on the road, the shots of them on the road. Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. The attention to gore, the the score, and just the set design of emptied out graveyards and hollowed out towns. Yeah, I was thinking of that when they yeah when they go through this graveyard with all the graves opened up. That was like Coscarelli's seventy using the budget eighty well of these, these uh, yeah. dug up graves, mausoleums that are just sets, not a real mausoleum. All the mausoleum sets were spacious and claustrophobic at the same time like Mm -hmm. you couldn't tell if this thing was you know four blocks long or just a small house it never matched since they were sets it never quite matched the exterior which i think just plays into that weird phantasm surreality oh yeah this is still like a dream like the first one is you know the the other thing that i love about the first phantasm is when you think of it as a dream it's one of the best dream logic movies Totally. Right? Like the way the finger gets cut off and turns into a fly and the way that these little munchkin gnomes are running around everywhere. Yeah. It feels like so, such a dream that like a 12-year-old kid would have. It, it handles all the different nightmare dream scenarios yeah. that we've all had. Uh, partially obscured faces where you know the identity of someone, but for some reason they look different. Mm-hmm. You just don't know why, or it's a location that you remember, but a person that you've never had an interaction with in that location. All those kind of <laughs> things that happen in our dreams, the ones that we remember. Yeah, and this movie picks right up with that. And we start with a, another girl, uh, Paula Irving as Liz. I like the... Her dream, like to recap the first movie, is perfect. They, so I've, I've seen Phantasm 3, I've never seen Phantasm 4 or mm. Ravager. So I don't know if they brought back the telekinetic connection, but I like the telekinetic thing here. Plus, I love James LaGrosse. This was the big. This is the reason why the people don't like this movie is the recasting of Mike. Yeah, I heard that they basically made uh, Coscarelli choose Bannister or uh, Michael Baldwin. A Michael. Baldwin. How much does that suck? That sounds tough. Here's more movie than you've ever had. But then Mo- more money to make a movie. But you have to choose between one of your two friends. And I, I, James LaGrosse is okay in this movie. I, I do think I would have loved to seen the alternate universe where Michael Baldwin plays himself sure. as a 19-year-old. Because I think he's ba- great He comes in the back other for ones. the others. Yeah. yeah. I think he's really good as Mike in the later movies. And he and, was so uh, good in, in the first one. But, it would have been fun to see 19-year-old Mike. But but it's when I think about it, it's like, well, the, you have to get a star, I guess, is the idea. But... In 1988, James LaGrosse? I don't think it's so much that it's a star. I think that they wanted a working actor. Okay. A guy that they that they wouldn't uh, that wouldn't fuck it up. Because, no Cause offense, it, but Michael Baldwin had not done anything since the first Fantasy. He did not work. Whereas so, James LaGrosse had been had in a, a bunch cool of TV. cool career, and, man. Yeah. He was, was so young in this one still. You know, it's like he... he this was a little before... You know, this was before Point else Break I would know him in. Yeah, or Drugstore... Exactly. Well, right around Drugstore Cowboy. Yeah. But 
what a cool genre career and career in general he's had justified and uh yeah man. he's great he's a he's a guy that can play like goons or fathers and family men and stuff he's they did a he q a movie presentation at third street 2019 or just a few years ago with a he does a lot of pacific northwest oregon movies and hmm. there was some indie he was in where he is some recovering alcoholic who wants to own a bowling alley Oh, the perfect kind of movie that I'd want to go see. <laughs> and he was great playing this down and out guy bussing tables trying to work. Yeah, he's a good actor. He's a good, yeah. And oh, Psycho 98. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> oh, is he's who is, is he like the, the car, car salesman? Uh, car salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's in that great horror uh, Last Winter with Ron Perlman. Mm. Cool career. And. Look, Michael Baldwin deserved to be in the movie. James LaGrosse doesn't deserve shit for being in the movie. There you go. He's good. good way to put it. It, he's good for doing this wide-eyed, sapped mental patient. This kid went through some shit. Mm-hmm. I love that it's a real-time sequel. It's not. They didn't try and do anything different with the story. They picked up yeah. right after, right? And it's just good. This now they don't even not, not they don't even have a family anymore. Now that the tall man's going through and bulldozing towns. They got oh, no man. community. They got no place where they belong. Mike lies to get out of a mental institution. Reggie's family gets blown up. Let me tell you oh. where the budget for this movie went. I was just about to say, we need to talk about these explosions. Wow. There is two full house explosions in like the first 12 minutes of this movie that are just <laughs> awesome. All right. So, so here's awesome. a funny story that is both filmmaking on a budget and just shows the dedication and care to filmmaking on a budget. There was one explosion. Ah. They filmed the same house from so many different angles. Every single shot that involved an explosion was filmed at the same time. Beautiful. That shot of the tall man walking away from the burning house, that was filmed at the same time as Mike and Reggie were jumping out the window. They had one take, <laughs> and they filmed this thing from so many angles that it was enough to go, yeah, we can just use this for the later explosion, right? That's awesome. But they I had one, it was one of those neighborhoods that was being demolished for either an airport or a freeway. Man. And so they bought it for 500 bucks because the guy in charge of the property said, you're making a phantasm movie? <laughs> yeah, blow it up. That's people are falling. They love this movie so much. Like, there's a new phantasm. Yeah, you can blow up this suburb. Go invasion USA on this suburb. It would. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But imagine the coordination that goes in. Saying, "All right, Angus, you're. It's all practical, Angus. You're real time walking away. All right, Reggie, you're real time driving up to witness your parents exploding." So we have a double of Reggie driving up to the house while the real Reggie jumps out a window. What a shot. Yeah. Holy no God. I no was, pressure, right? How, yeah. How much pressure is Angus Scrim just being like, man, I, I hope this uh, coffin and hearse back door like close correctly. <laughs> no. And they don't get jammed up or something <laughs> in the one take we have. But how cool does everybody look in that shot? That oh, shot yeah. where Reggie Mike drive up and Mike's saying, wait a minute, I've seen this. And then. Boom! That shot of Angus Scrim. I don't know if there's a cooler shot of a cool character That's like That's iconic. No. Him him doing the cool guys looking away from explosions bit, just like turning around and just being like, ah, He's got nevertheless. That, he has that great open <laughs> underbite look oh, where he yeah. turns around just like, eh. 
<laughs> oh, what a badass. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, right from the opening we get yeah, we get the flashback to the end of the first movie. Picks up right where the first movie ends with Reggie downstairs playing his guitar. Yeah. Being like, Oh, something's up. <laughs> Immediately goes for the shotgun. We get uh, Dude, this... the cool gnome guys are back, and we get to see their faces a little bit more. Yeah, that was maybe my f- favorite improvement as far as like budget stuff was like seeing the little gnome guys. They were no longer Jawas; they yeah. actually had gross troll faces. Yeah, those were cool, and, and... they were mostly uh, small small actors. No, the children filled in the back. Uh-huh. We had some actual stunt, uh, but then people. but then it would go from that to the foamiest dummy ever when Reggie's <laughs> swirling that thing around in the kitchen, <laughs> slamming it down. It's like an SNL bit. He's just you see these foam rubber feet just flopping around in this little Jawa costume. <laughs> I love it so much. He's when, just when Reggie goes up the, the laundry hell out of chute, this dummy. Escaping oh, from the what all a cool the dwarves, shot up the laundry chute. Right? Uh when he opens up a a door and finds a tennis racket or a bat, how do you not Go for the head. He bashes this Jawa across the shoulder blades, and it's like, brother, when else are you going to get a chance to just Aaron judge this this little dwarf's head? Oh, man. So many little dwarves getting slapped down a hallway <laughs> in yeah, this movie. Dwarves taking huge staircase bumps. <laughs> this house, it's feel, the house feels so real. So claustrophobic, this, you know, suburban, nice, middle-class mansion. Because every hallway, there's dwarves come down. Tall man's coming out of bedrooms, walking down halls. You know it has that perfect dream quality when guys are seven feet away in a hallway and you have time to duck behind (laughs) a a wall. It doesn't go for that Michael Myers, I'm hiding scared in a closet. It has that dream, like, you Mm -hmm. can cartoonishly duck out of the way of a guy right next door to you yeah just right in the well you can door. also jump through like plate glass window yeah. and uh not get injured <laughs> as right. you tumble down two stories so i've i've seen phantasm 2 more times than i've seen the other ones combined i don't know why i've seen this one much and how why i love this one so much but all the horror connects with me and all the gore is you know the thing kind of mm. gross effects but this explosion I think that is what's led to my fear of using my gas stove. <laughs> Reg yeah. just like clicking the Every time I click that gas and get that little whiff of gas, I'm just picturing the Phantasm house blowing up oh, a man. block. Well, what about it? So in the 80s, you just had lit, like, I don't have like just lit pilot light flames. That was an exposed pilot light on, my on his stove. stove. Top. Yeah. yeah. The Bannister household was a ticking time bomb. Man. Having yeah. a fireside acoustic jam sesh is just waiting to die. <laughs> <laughs> They're waiting to go up. Well, right? yeah, so apparently, yeah, in this universe, as soon as the gas finally gets into the living room, hits the fire, yeah, then the whole house just goes up. Yeah, what All bedrooms, all, all floors. Nighttime explosion. So good. Oh, this, and... That's when, yeah, when you get that first explosion, you're like, very cool, and then it flash forwards into the present day, and then when you get a second explosion, <laughs> six like said, minutes yeah. later... <laughs> You're just yeah. like, oh fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this town is not going to be around much and then, longer. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Reggie's family's killed in the modern day explosion. And then there's like that one perfect 
30-second funeral scene where he's like, we've got work to do. Oh, yeah. And then they're doing the weapon assembly 16 minutes into this movie. Dude, they broke into a hardware store, and I said, okay, sure, sure, sure. Get some uh, you know, foil blankets, get the essentials. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, Mike's making a flamethrower. <laughs> Did he take a welding trade class while he was locked up in the in the mental institution? I mean, the kid was working on Hemi's. Uh, kudos in, when he was 12 you, in right. the first one so so if there's he, one he knows what he's doing if there's one thing listeners the show know about us is we're like a cu- <laughs> we're, we're car guys <laughs> we're a couple of car guys yeah and i think part of my love for phantasm 2 is those shots of that hemi cuda yeah we're a couple of car guys and it doesn't get better than reg and mike revving that in so here's my I, I here's just my theory of this movie just to get it out there first movie is mike's dream right Suffering the loss of his brother. Yeah. Thinking he's a kid who rides motorcycles and can load shotguns and drive cars and fix cars. This movie is Reggie's <laughs> this dream. Is, this is Reggie's dream, I think. Mike's a different guy, but it's still Mike. How that happens in dreams. Wow. And it's all. it seems like it's from It's Reggie's narration. It's, it's Reggie being an ice cream guy who now drives a Hemi Cuda himself that his friend drove. Yeah, and can weld two and saw off two shotguns together to make a quad the ultimate shotgun. tough guy alpha hero. Yeah, beds a total babe. Yeah, picks up a, a hitchhiking babe that is in love with his biggest flaw. <laughs> exactly, and then gets to jump dick first over a chainsaw. Has a chainsaw fight. Chainsaw at the end. fight at the end where he's victor. Like Reggie is just wears a a black hat that says boogie down. Don't I know need, where that came from. I need that hat. I need but- that hat. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, to me, this is just hit on such a, like, so, uh, yeah, this, this is Reggie's makes fantasy sense. This of is, being the, the badass with the Hemi Reggie is, he is Roddy he was, Piper. He was an ice cream man in the first movie, right? And Mike like, even calls him out as a middle-aged, bald ice cream, former ice cream former, vendor. Yeah. Oof. Very good. That's a shot. Yeah. <laughs> That's a shot. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the his family gets killed, and they just immediately go on the road. To look for this tall yeah. man. They, yeah, they go on the road. Well, Reggie was still trying to walk the line of, Mike, come on, that didn't happen. We got to move on. Trying to ignore the problem. Trying to ignore Pennywise mm. is out there. And Mike's the one wanting to No, somebody has to kill him. So the idea of turning this into a road movie where they're hunting the tall man and he's leaving clues and traps is Love such that. a cool direction. For the story. I love that in the beginning, they're just like, sometimes he leaves traps for us. So it's like, we're seeing, there's there's unseen adventures. Yeah. Mike and Reggie, he didn't like, just get into shit we don't even see. Yeah, well, he didn't always have a hat that said boogie down. <laughs> yeah, he picked that he... up at a truck stop and was like, Mike, eh? We didn't had see to, that. Yeah. After they had to blow away an entire truck stop of gremlins, he's like, yeah, picks up a hat. <laughs> yeah, that was after they blew through Medford and saw that it was a burned husk of a town. That, uh, oh, man. Go east. They Yeah, they keep finding these burnt out towns. Some towns, towns are like people. Some of them get old and die. Some are murdered. <laughs> yeah, Just man. Just narration like that all through the movie. I, I'm so into Phantasm 2 that I, I keep looking at this movie and looking at this decimation and this decay, right? Is it such a deep story that, like, the tall man and all of his cronies are... It's capitalism, right? (laughs) It must be. It's the creeping death of capitalism just decimating small-town America, right? Well, those towns... Chewing up these people and then finding... The capitalism dream is the tall man because he's finding ways to put the dead bodies to work. He's... (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
You think you go to heaven? You go to us. Oh my god, what a fucking capitalist villain dream right there. Absolutely. What a character. And these towns, they look like Ogdenville. Yeah, they man. Look like this North is North Haverbrook in a nutshell. This is, yeah, the, the, the rich came in, destroyed everything, and got out. They sucked out the juice. Yeah. And they fled town onto the next one with not a thought of the town that they decimated. They okay. used it up and spit it out. And no one else knows about this, apparently. No, That's they what are I love going through this. unseen. That's how you know it's a dream where it's like, yeah, they're doing all these things. No one has noticed these dozens of towns just, not just abandoned, but like destroyed. It's so... Burnt out cars watching everywhere. Watching this series of movies that... I love. I just love his vision. I love his. I love it. I love that Universal was given a guy. Oh yeah, you got a twenty-year run of child's play movies. Sure, Here, run with it. Yeah. They were given them Another three Don. to five million <laughs> dollars Mancini. to do these, right? Huh? Yeah. Well, that's Don Mancini. Exactly. Don Coscarelli. I'm like, we got to get these Dons together. <laughs> getting, these guys should get, get any Italian on Don that you can get and just put them on retainer. <laughs> I'm Tom Pollock. I'm head of production. So, yeah, just sending these corpses out as slaves, right? Burning these towns down, and only you can stop them. When I went back and read a lot of reviews at the time when this came out, this was not a well-received movie. Hmm. Phantasm 1 was received well. That was That's acknowledged as a horror classic, right? There was a reason that connected. This was panned, mostly. Hmm. And all these reviews kept criticizing the logic and how it doesn't have the surreal quality of the first one. It just goes for explosions and all that, where, no, it's all there. They definitely have a message in this one. This is yeah. not just slapped together cool shit. This is an idea. This is a fleshed out full direction for this story that's the most satisfying sequel I can think of. And I just don't know what they didn't see. Hmm. I don't know why they went in wanting to pan this. It was popular to pan horror by the end of the 80s. Yeah, that might have been it. And yeah, it is a, definitely much more of like an action guy f- film on the surface. Yeah. But after you get these explosions and the weapons building scene and all of that, then it really does go back into this kind of gothic horror. We we get back to Liz a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we get these great kind of like almost freddy krueger-esque effects very freddy i mean maybe uh, it was because by 88 we'd already gotten five but that nightmare movies that but, the thing coming out of her back in that one scene that looks like a freddy krueger very uh, much effect. but but uh yeah we get a lot of that gothic horror that dreaminess to it and we also get the guns and the chainsaws <laughs> yeah. and the blow torches. I thought it was a fun and combo of the Bruce Campbell-style Raimi stuff yeah. with the Don Coscarelli nightmare vision kind of stuff. That just con- I thought the blend was perfect. Yeah, I do too. I think they nailed both aspects, and I don't think one is lesser for the other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They do such a great job of, yeah, like I said, all those scenes with the mausoleums and the... Liz kind of is almost like the Michael in this one. So we almost get that kind of retread, like Evil Dead 2 kind of totally. retread through a lot of the same motions where she's the one going through the mausoleum and getting told that the service will begin soon. Oh, man. And all that stuff. You get a lot of tall man lines in this one. Yeah. Way more. That was a risk. And I thought it paid off well because nothing but bangers. This guy opens his mouth. Angus Scrim. What a name. I know. What a face. What a 
body. Total icon. <laughs> I mean, just some guys are just born for a certain thing in a, in life, and it's just like this is this is what that guy was born to do. Yeah, and he's probably he was probably also like some biochemist, or you know, he's probably <laughs> just like a genius. He's in got like another realm. He has the younger Mister Burns haircut. <laughs> yeah. You think there? I wish we got would have gotten a little more like bald man solidarity between Reg and the tall man. <laughs> a little more, just like <laughs> a head nod at the end, like. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a little I more see of your that. Baldness. Exactly. But yeah, I love the action elements, the hardware construction. They're at the hardware store for six hours. They're, they're all night, <laughs> all man. All night. <laughs> Again, yeah, suddenly the ice cream man and the kid who's been in a mental institution all seven years know how to like build their own guns. And yeah, love and I, that. And I don't give a fuck. Love that. <laughs> yeah, it's a dream, man. It's great. Like you said, different people look different. The way. The way the more you watch it, you know, you see when Mike's going into that first mausoleum and Alchemy's there bisected on the mm-hmm. examining table, right? By the way, that actress, Samantha Phillips, she's like a love line kind of host. Oh, yeah. She's been in th- that for 20 years now. It's her whole second career. That's awesome. She did Penthouse in the 90s. And she's got, by the time she was doing Phantasm 2, she was mostly a model, mm-hmm. you know, because she's six feet tall and has that like She's cheekbones a, and yes. jawline right 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 amazing very slim and she loves reggie's big round bald mm. head i really liked concerningly Alchemy. so i liked her element and she's the one that they're getting on board it's that the invaders or the x-files how they think they're recruiting new believers mm-hmm. they're picking up these strays along the way that they can use to fight the tall man what a direction and the tall man, like I said, this whole franchise just snuck up on me how much I love it. That character, he's just born to be that guy. He looks that way. He can talk that way and make his mouth look that. Yeah, exactly. You're him, buddy. <laughs> and what? We get such an arc for him. We get his death's amazing. Every line's amazing. He has every tagline he gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the traps he leaves are disgusting. He has new cronies, not only more dwarves. He has oh, those two goon. Love the two mortician goons. <laughs> slick in this movie. back hair, suit wearing care. Really, Jeff. See, that's why people that were just writing this off as oh, explosions and gore, they clearly have. He has these fake Wall Street capitalist goons coming in to help him. Slick and back. then like dudes in gas masks. Yeah, good stuff. He knew. He knew exactly what he was doing, and luckily had the budget to do it I, i'm sure there's tons of work print cut scenes but we got a lot we got more balls mm-hmm. oh we way got more way got more balls advanced balls we got a special golden ball <laughs> that does Are several a, different things i love so the first one the first time i saw it, that's like the only thing i knew about the movie oh yeah the the ball with the blades well that's like the isn't on the poster or like at least on the cover of the movie it's it's all the 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 ball is back it's like (laughs) don't worry we got the balls the balls have returned don't worry the spears are there we brought that up the uh, the when we talked about the first phantasm in some episode a year or two ago we yeah we covered phantasm like of all the things in phantasm the ball was like the mascot Oh, yeah. That, and so this one is like, don't worry, the ball is back. I went in thinking the first Phantasm was going to be an hour of ball death <laughs> based on how the, you see the poster and the silver ball with a knife coming out of it is yeah. half the front of the box. That's like it's being it. thrown at you. And then Phantasm 2, it's him holding the ball He's is holding back. The ball. Yeah, they're trapped in the ball. 
The ball work in Phantasm 2 is insane. It come it takes an hour to start happening. But I love that build. Yeah. They're just exploring these mausoleums. I am scared by a good mausoleum exploring. And these were all sets. Mm-hmm. They were so lived and so like I said, this one shot made this thing seem so long and so narrow. And then the next shot, they're kind of running eight steps and they're out the door. I love that just playful camera tricks that they utilize. And so we build up to event, you know, they're torching uh, the the Freddy Krueger penis worm. Yep. Down in the basement. Yep. We get the big, that. You know, they're going into new places with dugout. Every shot of a decimated ceremony or a uh, cemetery. Mm-hmm. The coolest shot. They had some guy out there with a payloader just piling up you know dirt it. somewhere. Yep. That's it. They Love dug that. out a lot, threw in a bunch of headstones, except it looked like an actual cemetery just got. <laughs> Everybody's relative is gone. Yeah, it's legit. It looks really These cool. These bodies are defiled. <laughs> <laughs> we get some good, yeah, like like I said, we got the mortician, so you're seeing some good like kind of mortician scenes. You're seeing the, there's this whole subplot with a priest. The priest trying is to good. kill the this this Liz's grandfather dies and then comes back and gets the grandma and then we never really <laughs> hear from that in, again. They get turned into dwarves. Yeah, they so get shrunk into we dwarves. Get kind of slaves. this little uh, glimpse into how the tall man works is that he's yeah someone dies who's yeah, evil. Yeah, he, he has his whole assembly line and uh, yeah he gets them to help get the other people and yeah he's got the dwarves going after him. It's a pyramid scheme. So, but yeah, finally, finally, when that priest gets too close to screwing up this plan for the tall man, we get the balls i love how slow played angus scrim does things he is not a relentless unstoppable killer he knows when a guy is beneath him he knows when he can toy with a guy Mm. he's a pretty can fuck you up he's good at the mind games he's really gotten good at like posing as a babe (laughs) he's posing as a foxy babe who's way into you for reasons that you can't quite put together that's a favorite go-to of Angus. He loves being a leggy babe. <laughs> loves it. Loves so wait, her. is that alchemy? Is is a? I think she was. Is she the, Angus Scrim the whole time? I think so. As the babe, I think she's she's like never around that guy. She yeah, disappears yeah, yeah. at random parts of the movie. I kind of forgot that part about the first movie. Watching this one, like, oh yeah, he like turns into women. Mm-hmm. To lure the he people, he tricks in. him. He's a shapeshifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I forget if it was in Phantasm Three, if that's how Phantasm Three starts with the decimated, acid-burned body of the Tall Man getting replaced with a new, mm. exact replica of the Tall Man. Just like, oh yeah, they can just keep doing this. He's not actually this guy. Can't get rid of him. I know. I love the implication that yeah, at the end there's a scene where like a. A little antenna or like bug arm like yeah. pokes out of him. Yeah, I love the implication that he's just like he's not what you think. He's he is. presenting as this for our benefit. Yeah. However creepy you think the tall looks, it's better than <laughs> slimy uh, naked lunch bug monster exactly. that he really is. Yeah, right. You, you don't want to know. You, there's just so many clues that this is a big dream. I love your idea that this is Reggie's dream. It makes too much sense. Every scene makes so much more sense when you know Reggie's the mm. the guy controlling the narration and literally controlling the narration. Right down to him take, taking the total wake-up, misty stop-and-start piss by the side of the road. 
what sound guy gave Reggie such a stop and start? <laughs> it was just when he when Mike wants to you know, Did when he wakes wrong. up and Alchemy's in the car, he's like, All right, yeah, pull over. I got yeah. it is just this series of pops and buzzes below camera while Reg is shaking it out. Like that's how you know he's in a dream. Mm-hmm. This guy's deep sleeping it. Man, you don't want to pee in a dream. Let no, me tell you. no, it doesn't that's why end it's well. No, it's a bad dream, life. man. <laughs> I love all the little additions to this flick, like the tall man's little carrying case coffin for his balls. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> the ball case. <laughs> it was like a that was like some Tim Burton looking shit. Yeah, right there. <laughs> it's like he's Jackie Gleason with his pool cue. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, he's got his whole little display set up yeah. with his. Oh, let me pop the clip here on my coffin case. These are my you ceremonial little, balls. You got a little coffin made for it? What a dweeb! <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's maybe, just like a, maybe the alien thinks all boxes look like coffins. That's all he knows. He's just seen coffins. The tall man is. Basic, like, I don't know. They they bury him in these things with a little coffin shape. That's must that must be how they transport <laughs> things. I guess. And Tall Man's like one step away from being one but like, we don't take down our Halloween decorations. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wearing his t-shirt. This is my Halloween it's costume. Halloween 365 <laughs> days a year. Makes his spirit store social media <laughs> You would guy. definitely be that guy on Facebook. Like, <laughs> only 261 days till Halloween. You had a specially made coffin case. This <laughs> is <laughs> Pops the, oh yeah, you pop the top, and then the balls were. It looked like a, looked like they were making the commercial for the Nerf ad, like for the Phantasm Two toy series. Oh yeah, it's so sick. Like that was gonna be the cartoon <laughs> balls shoot out, but we got some great ball work. Not only do they get their own case, they are just homing in, and the gold one, the special one, yeah. It has a laser now. That thing is a, a force. That's that's like R two D two in in a ball. It's that a thing's Terminator. got everything. Yeah, yeah. he's it's got T two thousand. He's got the Predator laser sight thing going, like looking oh, yeah. for people, scanning rooms for movement, scanning rooms. He's got not only the regular, you know, blades, blades coming out of yeah. him, but he's got the saw. <laughs> yeah, the rotary saw. Yeah, table saw looking blade. That might be my favorite moment in the movie when they That's when the mortician disgusting. gets bladed up the yeah, man. up the butt and then it's coming out his mouth that is that turnaround to see the little blade like wah, 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 oh, in the dude's mouth stuck in his jaws with teeth coming out man the what golden sphere we got this cool shot of a sphere point of view crashing through doors while uh, yeah. Mike and Liz are running away from it and when it bores its way into the caretaker's back that's a, that whole scene felt like Sam Raimi with that level of kind of slapstick comedy, but the slapstick comedy is a guy axing his hand off rather than get hit by the gold ball. Mm-hmm. So disgusting, so sick. Because the what the silver ball hits his hand right. Silver, does silver the ball drilling impales, routine impales the hand. Oh, yeah. great! Yeah, after the silver ball even gets a little like extra like ear slicing oh it slices the priest's ear off before digging into his brains yeah did we not get as big of a felt like we got a bigger blood faucet from the silver ball in the first movie i think we'd get yeah this one it's uh 
I think it waits till the end because the tall man gets it. There had to be seriously edited gore because when that priest falls, there's a big puddle in front yeah, of him. Yeah, there might have been some. I think uh, they clipped for ratings purposes. Could have happened. Because they did get some But then showing disgusting. it coming out of that, yeah, like it gets jammed in the dude's mouth <laughs> as it's trying to come out. Like that was a pretty That's one of the most visual. disgusting gore shots, yeah. I think. When that, because it goes from having a rotary saw to then having a circle of razor blades around the, the biggest circumference of it. Mm-hmm. Bores into the guy's spine, up through his body. You get that disgust. It always make, ugh, it grosses me out when necks bulge. Oh, yeah. The when neck. something oh, yeah. too large for your just throat. Just a close up just... on, the, on the fake neck bulging ugh. out. And then, the, yeah, the gears stuck in the guy's jaws as every razor blade. Oh, that's some night breed. Yeah. Clive Barker gross out. And then, of it, that. yeah, like, and in the middle of all of that, there's a great shot that's like obviously done backwards where the guy kind of is writhing on the ground and then gets lifted up onto oh, the wall. Yeah. But yeah, it's just got that great, like, dreamlike things are moving weird. Backwards. We, we got bodies getting thrown really weird, too. People got yeah. launched. Yeah. In this bodies flew, and it Liz, always flew Liz in a weird way. Does a weird, weird floaty, yeah, float across the the mortuary, uh, crashing into the wall. Yeah, yeah, way high up on the ceiling. There. It all looks off. The movements just don't look right. And I think by the time you're getting to like a chainsaw fight, and you know, all the <laughs> these cartoony moments with Reg. When I say he has action lines, there's just these funny comedic moments where Liz falls in a graveyard and Mike's there in a gas mask and they see each other for the first time and they kiss. And the second they start kissing, Reg just pops into frame and goes, Hey, what the hell's going on over here? (laughs) (laughs) So you have a scene like that right back to back with a guy getting a sphere traversing through his entire rib cage, you know, (laughs) it's such a line to keep walking. And I love it all. I love every scene of this movie, the way it builds the surreal quality it keeps with that kind of comedy, with that. How do you get funny moments in a chainsaw fight while also getting a guy's groin chainsawed in a chainsaw fight? Reg takes a big risk leaping over this chainsaw. Yeah. Balls for That could have gone. That was a real hero of the day move because he's the hero. It's uh yeah that that's uh that scene I was <laughs> as I'm watching it I'm like how traumatized would you honestly be if you had to fight for your life with a chainsaw against someone else like that's so, why it doesn't it's like so, so this movie it just has such a movie feel to it totally it, it almost feels like uh, yeah like Coscarelli gets this big budget and he gets to do this weird movie again and he's like but I'm gonna also kind of I I just love when movies let you know they're a movie. You know, I just love when you get that. The more this I w- only is a this is a movie, guys. This is a you movie. Know, the more I watch it. it, and you talk about your theory about you know it's Reggie's dream and Reggie's side of things. The more I see it, the more I think of it as like the movie version of the the true story of Phantasm. Mm. <laughs> like if Mike's story of Phantasm were real, this is the movie adaptation of Mike's story. It's just such a more we got to punch this story up. Yeah. We got, and I love it. Yeah, just yeah. When Reggie's about to fight this dude with a chainsaw, just like, come on, motherfucker! Yeah, just, come on, mother! <laughs> <laughs> just such a like, yeah, such a movie moment. It's just, I don't know. There's like a there's a narration early on uh, 
the all the narration stuff is great, but Reggie being like, Mike said it would take years and we'd we'd probably die. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but not without a fight. <laughs> Just like yes! I love that stuff. Yes. <sighs> it has that red dawn kind of feel. <laughs> yeah. We were out there for three and a half months. It was getting cold. It's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we need to go east now. Put that right right mm-hmm. in the vein there. Oh, totally. Honestly. And then it could also, yeah, have the really creepy, gothic, bizarre, candles everywhere kind of hallway, you know, It hits all of these too. vibes so well. It has yeah. all this script done so well. When I say every tall man line is great. We're talking about this whole thing. So is it Reggie's dream? Is it this thing? I'm pretty sure the movie ends with Mike saying it's only a dream. And the tall man just going, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> what a, boom. What a, get the, pulled through the glass just like the first one. Yep. Freddie is sadistic and makes jokes about, you know, inappropriate jokes. But I like that the tall man's just kind of like, kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not. No, it's not. Like, what a snot. Like, oh, oh you're six, right. seven, and you're just being totally bitchy about it. Oh, I, alchemy just being bad news. What a yeah. turn. What a, I just wanted Reggie to, Reggie makes a lot of sense, though. Picks up this baby. He's like, come on, man. The road's, road's tough. Yeah, the road's tough, right? They may have been on the road for years. Yeah. I, I, honestly, this is a like, long it's one of those story. It feels like, yeah. Months and months at least. Yeah. They were sleeping in motel rooms. Such beautiful shots. That one shot of them leaving their morning motel room with the Hemikuda parked right outside mm-hmm. the motel window. Dude, the shot setups are just so good. This movie, for $3 million, no matter how big a upgrade that was from the first one, that's not a ton of money. And this whole thing was just so smartly allocated. They put the money in the right spots, and they had an interesting enough way to continue this story. I'm excited. This is going to be the only series we do in in order. <laughs> I think so. You have to. Yeah. There's Every no other way. movie, we're just picking and matching up wherever. But now I'm just committed to the Phantasm story. I love it. What's the next one's 94? The other one's Something 98, like 99? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very then... different eras of video market. Those are capturing big different. 79 was hitting just the home cable markets for the first time. By this one, that was the you know direct to video huge rental markets. But by ninety four, ninety eight, I don't remember those having the big VHS presence when I was well. Yeah, and I was going to say like, yeah, like uh, definitely three and four. I don't think ever were in the theater. No, those were definitely both straight. I would have yeah, and, and yeah, as a, someone who rent, rented movies on a weekly basis throughout the nineties, like I never. I, it those just never yeah, caught, so those, those never caught me. Really so. excited to revisit those. And also, for some reason, I got to see Bubba Hotep. Like, Bubba Hotep just played the Roxy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Phantasm 3, Phantasm 4 were direct-to-video. I don't know how he got Bubba Hotep as the movie for his theater return. That's uh, Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, maybe just getting Bruce Campbell and who knows? The crossover, know. right? Maybe that was the appeal. Well, Wanted then, to make yeah. it Reggie Bannister. <laughs> Yeah, Coscarelli's a guy like I feel like I want to do a deeper dive into just what he's what he does in between all these movies. There's one on YouTube right now from before Phantasm called Kenny and Company, which which, uh, starred uh, both Reggie and uh, a Michael Baldwin. Oh, cool! 
but it's on YouTube, I think. I don't, I don't think it's ever come out on DVD. And it's just him doing a straight-up, sincere, coming-of-age Southern California movie. Hmm. It's like, man, this guy just made all the cool genre ones, and he made them sincerely, and he had good ideas. I think he's a fit. It's official. We're doing all the all yeah. the Coscarelli. I, I mean, every movie is a is an episode. I really, really liked John dies at the end, and yeah. that's another one. It's like such a like ten years after Bubba Hotep, then he's adapt he adapts this cool novel into a movie. <laughs> yeah, like what? But what? What was he doing for the ten years? You know, raising money, man. I guess so. It's Todd Solon's making. Every one of his movies makes less movie less money than the one directly yeah, right. before it. So each one takes slightly longer to make. But if you keep having good ideas and want to keep making movies, yeah, I'm always gonna love a guy that just keeps making movies like this. This is a long career. Doesn't matter how many years are in between. When you can make Phantasm in '79 and John dies at the end, 35 years later. Mm-hmm. Covering a lot of gaps. I gotta say, just looked at his IMDb. He's got something announced that I am very excited about. Huh? Bubba Nosferatu, <laughs> yeah. Curse of the She Vampires, <laughs> has been great. announced. That sounds like some you know Hollywood chainsaw hookers I'm, level. I'll be there movie. opening night. Opening night. Yeah, I mean, the, there's also he also has one from the late '80s called Survival Quest with Lance mm. Henriksen as a oh. survival kind of guy. Oh. Automatic. How is that? What? Of course, that's an episode We're we would automatically do. Automatically doing that. Auto, right? What a career. So yeah, Phantasm too. I was shocked when I looked up at how poorly received this movie was. Because mm. like it, honestly, like it does have all the more action stuff, but Phantasm again has a lot of guns and shooting and cars and so yeah. it's not like this was a huge. Yeah, we got another big car chase at the way. end, of course. Yeah, we have the cars. But the other one had a big in. car. Yeah, we have. Uh, yeah, we have the the same kind of action in a hearse versus you know action in the house in the mausoleum. The the the, the critical attitudes. It's all I, there. The critical attitudes seem to just hold that. It seems like the same way baseball Hall of Fame writers are like. Well, my favorite player was Mickey Mantle as a kid, and these <laughs> players aren't Mickey Mantle. It's like, all right, get the old guys out of here. Maybe. I think it was too many. Phantasm One was too impressionable if on people that saw it at a certain age. Mm-hmm. By the time the the sequel came out, enough years had passed that the rose colored lenses of this is no Phantasm. That movie changed me at thirteen. This movie is just explosions and gore so it's this now nah, the phantasm was a b phantasm was a b movie because also it's yeah. a perfect great b movie but it's yeah. not some high brow holy you know it's budget shoestring horror filmmaking it uh it might done have just, incredibly it might have just been a, one of those weird like uh you know it's it the good guys don't really win at the end you know yeah you don't have the like same you know Freddie, you don't you not people being... like shotgunning Jason Voorhees. <laughs> yeah. Like that doesn't happen. So maybe by '88 they're like, we're, we want slasher, you know, knife kill, teenagers. We don't want, you know, unfortunately, maybe they didn't want a 40 year old bald man saying, you know, suck on this. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mother. <laughs> every every dude, every marketable man in the movie, just a different degree of bald. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, nobody get by. You can't show any scenes with with the uh, alchemy because she just seems like she wants to bone in every scene. It's 
like I can't mark around this. This is too much. I don't know. I'm glad it. Uh, people are coming around now. I think there's more love for Phantasm as a series than there. I got a movie in 2018, mm-hmm. not Coscarelli. Yeah, we'll include it for purposes of completion. But that one's definitely the weaker of the. Because they, uh, yeah, there was a Joe Bob Briggs did like one, three, four, and five okay. marathon like a few years ago. So w- I, I watched them all then. And yeah, five is definitely feels like all just bad CGI. Sure. Just falls off. The, the- warmth of Phantasm 2 is in its practical effects. Mm-hmm. This all felt so real. That story of setting up that explosion shot. This is a lower budget movie, but can you imagine that kind of. That's the kind of professionalism that you get on a $60 million action movie. Mm -hmm. Setting up one shot at every angle, having it all have to go off perfect. That's huge. And you see it. So to take it away and put it in different kind of hands, just what's the point? Coscarelli is phantasm. Mm -hmm. It's not just his idea, but it's the care that he brings to these. So, Well, and again, it's like it was his dream that, you know, inspired this whole thing. So. It's kind of like this is one of those movies that you really need the mind of the creator to keep it, the pieces together mm-hmm. because this movie does feel like such a dream and it, it's more like self-aware as, as a dream. You don't want Twin Peaks without Lynch. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If so, you need yeah, the guy who had else, the dream. Yeah. It's just you bring in someone else to take over the Twin Peaks. It's not going to have the same feeling. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that he did what he did and I love that he somehow was convinced – for a guy that didn't want to come back to do a sequel, I love that he said, you know what? This is a good direction. <laughs> I think we could do this for the next decade. Mm-hmm. God bless him. Yeah, my, it must have done well enough to keep going to have three, four. And, and by know. the way, I'm pretty sure he owns one, three, four, and Universal still owns two. That's why yeah. two is so much <laughs> That's why you couldn't get it unavailable compared to the others. Yeah. That's why Joe Bob ran one, three, four, five. Yeah, it was funny at the Joe Bob marathon. He's like, "Well, we're not going to do two because I can't stand what they did to that Hemi Cuda, blowing it up and destroying <laughs> sure, it like sure. that." So he had to he had to run with that kind of like. Uh, <laughs> we didn't want to pay Universal for this one. Yeah, they, he couldn't say it out loud, but <laughs> it's pretty obvious when you get one through five, but not two. Yeah, something happened there with the rights, and that's a shame because them the others being more readily available. Probably hurts at standing. This is the one I've seen the most. I love it. Go out of your way to watch this. And just, if it's a series you've been down on, just go into it. Think of it as story as family, of community, of, of a place to belong. And I think it just, there's layers to this. Mm. This isn't just cheap horror. This is, there's a reason that connected to movie, to, to teenage moviegoers. Psychological connection is strong. I guess this is just a Coscarelli podcast. Now. I'm okay with that. I'm fine. Yeah, I can't wait to... I've accepted it. You know, it's like, I, I want to go back and watch the first Phantasm again. I want to go back and watch all the sequels now. Like, this is a, this is a weird dreamlike universe I can live in. And by yeah. the way, I had some crazy dreams <laughs> I know. after watching Phantasm right? 2 this week. Like, man, it just gets into your head. It gets in there. That's what I love about it. Same. Came to this. It did come to this. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Thank you for listening. Good night.